it out. For the next passage in the series on the Sermon on the Mount that we've been going through, uh, the timing worked out very well. Uh, it's talking about giving to those in need. This is chapter 6 of Matthew. I'd like to read these first few verses uh, all the way to, I'm going to read probably to the end of verse 18. Here's what I want you to notice as we read this passage. Jesus, throughout the Sermon on the Mount, is dealing with issues of the heart. And he's dealing with kind of the core of who we are underneath a lot of our practices. And so here he's talking about giving to the needy, and then he talks about prayer, and then he talks about fasting. He's not saying that giving and praying and fasting are the problems. What he's saying is these are good practices, these are good disciplines that we as the people of God engage in, but doing the discipline just for discipline's sake can run us into trouble. We need to examine the attitudes of our hearts and come at these disciplines in the right way. So listen to what Jesus says here in chapter 6. He says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand's doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they can be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. When you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, They think they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so that their fasting, you've heard it twice already, may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you fast... Anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. Did you notice the threefold pattern? We can come at things in life, even good things, prayer, giving, generosity, fasting, various spiritual disciplines, we can come at those things with a desire for people's approval. Or, maybe people's criticism. Sometimes we care more about what other people think of us 
than about our relationship with God. And in each of these areas, even a righteous sort of thing, a holy sort of thing, going to church, reading your Bible, prayer, talking about Jesus, these things can become twisted or perverted in our hearts when they become about feeding our egos. It doesn't mean the thing itself is bad. Not at all. Jesus doesn't say, don't give, don't pray, don't fast. In fact, he says, when you do, meaning you should be giving, you should be praying, you should be fasting. When you do, you do it with a particular sort of attitude in your heart. Not to win the approval of other people, not to sort of chalk up points on your spiritual performance record, not even to make yourself feel good because look at me, I did all the stuff just right, but instead to enter into communion with the living God. Let God and his opinion of you be the first thing in your heart, not the opinions of other people. That's not license to go do whatever you want and ignore people's criticism. (laughs) Well, what other people think doesn't matter. Do whatever. No, no, no. But rather, our hearts are slippery, folks. It's easy, too easy, to get kind of filled up with pride when other people see what we do. And in this case, Jesus invites them to continue practicing righteousness, to continue giving to those in need, to continue in prayer, to continue in fasting, But don't focus on showing it outwardly. Don't focus on bragging about it. You don't need to post about it on Facebook, right? But instead, you will find joy in life in doing these things, knowing that God loves it when we serve him, when we lean into relationship with him, not because of external rewards, but because we simply love being in relationship with him. This morning, as we hear about needy in our community and we have an opportunity to give, um, giving in the plate is not an opportunity for you to look at the people beside you and go, check me out, I'm putting money in the plate. Look at me, right? I mean, I know that because that sounds ridiculous. But it's really not. If you can't give this morning, it's okay. If you give in secret later... It's okay. And the point this morning, even of having Al come and sharing about needs and giving an opportunity to give, is not for us as a church collectively to sort of bolster our ego and say, look at us, we gave money to the food bank. Like, we're really something. If that would be the case, we have our reward. If all we cared about was look at us, that's all we'll ever get. But rather, let our hearts be, Jesus, what are the needs in our community the needs that Pastor Al is on the front line of addressing and recognizing and engaging with? How can we be praying for him and supporting him? How can we be uh, uh, asking the Lord to move in the hearts of those that Al serves and Al's aware of? And how can we come alongside that ministry? How, How also, as Al shares, what are the ways in which Jesus is calling us maybe to be involved with those who are in need? And so let, let's, uh, let's check our hearts. It's important to check the attitudes of our hearts, that we don't just do things because of what we might gain from others, but to do things out of love and relationship with Jesus. Does that make sense?
That's the heart of that passage. With that in mind, I'm going to invite Pastor Al to come. Uh, can I pray over you before you come? Jesus, thanks so much for Al. Thank you that he is back with us. Lord, we pray this morning as he would share um, about these various ministries, about, Lord, what you are doing in his life. May you uh, fill him with uh, such a joy and presence of your spirit that he would know he is exactly where you've called him to be. And we thank you that he's here with us. Bless our time here this morning. Uh, Bless the food bank, Lord, and those whom it serves. Uh, We just give you the praise and the glory, Lord, as he comes. we, We thank you for him. We thank you for what you're doing through him. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's welcome Pastor Al as he comes. Thank you, Pastor Nick. Good morning, everyone. It's uh, an honor to be able to come and and speak to you this morning about uh, the food bank. But also, I want to just take a a few minutes to talk about what's going on in uh, my own life, uh, in, in mini- areas of ministry. Uh, I've, and the reason I'm, I've asked Pastor Nick if I could do that this morning, I've had a lot of people uh, over the last almost year that we've been here come up to me and say to me, uh, oh, so you're no longer in ministry, so what's happening in your life? And uh, are you ever going to go back into ministry again? And I smile and I say, well, I never left um, ministry. I, I stepped back from active uh, pastoring of, of a church, but I never left the ministry. I don't think you ever do. When, when, when a call is on your life, you never leave it. And so um, it's been amazing how the Lord has opened some doors uh, of ministry over the last... Uh, year, and that's what I want to talk about a little bit with you. Um, The scripture you read this morning, just before I get into it, um, uh, uh, about not knowing what your right hand and your left hand gives, I've always felt that that's great for for us as as believers, especially in a church setting, because you can stand up, reach into the person's wallet that's on your right, grab their wallet, and put it into the offering plate, and your left hand wouldn't even know what you gave. So, um, if you want to do that, practice that this morning in a little bit, feel free. Um, it may work, it may not, but uh, anyways. So what's been happening in our lives? Um, Judy is uh, back at Princess Court, and she, she actually came back in, in February of last year, this past year, and she started working before we Mike and I were able to get out of, uh, uh, leave North Battleford and come. So she's back doing uh, nursing, and, and uh, she loves it. And uh, so I came back um, not knowing what I was going to do, but I just wanted a break from active ministry. And uh, the door opened up for, for me to, to step into the role here at, at the food bank and give management to it. And I have thoroughly enjoyed um, almost a year. Uh, it'll be a year, 1st of April, I guess I started there. I'll actually guess the last two weeks of March uh, I started there. So it's coming up to a year, and I've really enjoyed it. The Lord's opened many doors. We've made many changes. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, 
When I was uh, through the spring and summer, I was uh, thinking about some things. What what should I do? And a, a door of opportunity uh, came to for me to get involved in a ministry called Hockey Ministries International. Uh, Hockey Ministries International, um, HMI, has gone uh, into the arena uh, of hockey or the arenas with, with a really subtle ice-level approach. Uh, we, we interact with players in a real informal um, settings. Um, I believe our, our approach is, is best described by a veteran hockey ministries team member, Stanley Cup winner, Chico Resch, who played uh, for a few NHL teams. But this is how he talks about Hockey Ministries International. And he said it this way, and I think it, it best describes what, what's happening with HMI. Today, a church is not only a dwelling or a building. How many of you would agree with that? Okay. But it's also something much more fluid or frozen because <laughs> we're talking about hockey. Sometimes the church is a rink. It's a locker room. It's a hotel lobby or an encounter that takes place on the ice. And that, in essence, is what Hockey Ministries International is all about. Um, last summer, I uh, again, I said I, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was just waiting on the Lord. And I was approached by Mike Swenson, who is the president of the Dryden GM Ice Dogs, and he came up to me, and he, he asked me, he said, um, I was wondering, Al, if you would consider stepping in the, into the role as chaplain for our team. Now, my son-in-law, Ben Borton, who had been the chaplain for a couple of years, and Ben had also been helping as an assistant coach, and this past year he felt that he wanted to give his whole heart into the assistant coach role and he wanted to step back a little bit from the chaplaincy role. So he, he was the one, actually, that said to Mike, why don't you ask my father-in-law if, if he'd be interested? So I thought about it and uh, contacted Hockey Ministries International, filled in the paperwork, got uh, resumes put together, and got people to uh, write in there whether they thought I would do well or not, and got the approval from Hockey Ministries. And so I became the chaplain for the Dryden GM Ice Dogs. Um, HMI understands that for people who play, for, who coach, who officiate, uh, parents of the team, grandparents of the team, hockey is more than a sport. Hockey is a culture. It really, really is. It is a community where a theme of survival of the fittest often prevails in hockey. People can become so consumed, uh, I find, with, with winning at all costs that they struggle for inner peace in their lives, to find purpose in their lives. It goes way beyond the game of hockey. 
And for those players and families that do recognize the importance of peace and significance outside of hockey, the demands of the sport make it difficult to fill the need through consistent Sunday attendance at a church in worship and connecting with the people of God. So Hockey Ministries International stepped into the gap 40 years ago by bringing in a lot of a much-needed spiritual support for those within the hockey world. So, as I said, Mike approached me. So I, I prepared, and uh, how we worked it out was the, the week of training camp, uh, when all the players were there, I, he gave, they gave me opportunities. There were so many guys that were there. I had to do this presentation in two, two different uh, dressing rooms because there were so many guys. So they gave me opportunity to walk in. So I gave the, them a, all, I gave all the players, and you got to understand, these are young men, probably from age 17 up to 20, um, an opportunity to just hear about Hockey Ministries International. So I went in, I shared about it. Uh, I said, uh, they gave me a day, the, uh, Tuesday afternoons, uh, right after their practice at 1.30. Um, they, gave me a, they gave me a dressing room at the rink, dressing room number seven. So I go in, and it's at uh, 1.30, I go in, and whoever wants to show up uh, can come in for a chapel. And it's, it's all voluntary. Uh, there's, they're, they're not required to come to this thing. It's, whatever they, it's wherever they are at in their lives. So I shared, shared with both dressing rooms, went. So the next week I show up on Tuesday, and uh, I'm just praying, Lord, whoever, I don't, you know, maybe it's one guy. One guy may show up. That'd be fine. If it's none, I'll just keep showing up every Tuesday afternoon uh, to be there for whoever wants to come in and be a part of chapel. Um, guys come off the rink, they go in, they shower. Um, some don't get showered. Some come in with towels <laughs> around themselves. But at 1.30, the entire team. The entire team walks in to the dressing room. So I, I was a little blown away by this because I was expecting maybe one, maybe two, but not the entire team. So I did my chapel. I waited for, for Ben. I phoned Ben. I said, Ben, what's going on? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, why is the entire team showing up? Is this normal? He says, no, it's not normal, Al. I don't know. He said, what I heard is the captains all got together that had been appointed captains, and they said, okay, guys, we're doing this as a team this year. And you've got to understand the culture of hockey. When the captains speak, everybody listens. They, they have to do what the captains say, or else they'll get fined. And so anyways, they all show up. So uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a real head-scratcher because you've got to understand, I've got guys coming into this that have no idea about Christianity. None at all. They're, they've got zero background. 
And I'm, I'm supposed to do a study of God's Word. So I have to sit back and say, okay, Lord, you got, you got to help me figure this out because I can't go into a real in-depth exegesis of, of, you know, Romans chapter 3 verse, you know, with these young guys because some of them, they have no idea about the Bible. So this morning I'm going to do here for you a little illustration of a chapel that I would do with them. I only get 15 minutes with them. That's all the time I get, 15 minutes. So you got to make it work within 15 minutes. So I should have learned this years ago, right, Steve? 15 minutes. 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm going to preach for 15 minutes and get it out. Anyways, so, so would you mind being the team this morning? We're going to do a chapel. So I, I'm going to ask those guys I've asked to come on up to, uh, to be assisting me. So a few, few weeks ago, I did this, this very chapel with the guys. So, um, oh, where are we at? Where's that scripture? Did we, there it is. Okay, this is, this is what we're going to do. So here's the, here's the scripture verse I read to them that day. So, hey, guys. Good game last week, or boy, you guys sucked. Okay, you got, you gotta, you know, you got, you just gotta speak to them on their level, you know. And sometimes they've done good, and sometimes they suck. But, uh, um, but no, what I try to do is is be, you know, the coach coaches. I'll I'll never speak against the coach. You know, he coaches. I always find that I'm the one that I I want to encourage. I want to be the encourager. I want to be the Barnabas. Okay, the Barnabas to these young guys. Anyways, here's, here's the scripture. Ecclesiastes 4, verses 12 in the New Living Testament says this, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are, e- are even better. For a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Okay, that's what the, the scripture says. So what I did was I, I got... I pulled on the captain, so you're the captain, okay? So I come on up here. So I pulled him out into the middle of the, the dressing room, so he came up, and all the guys are sitting around. So I said, that verse said, a guy standing alone can what? They said, be attacked. You've know, you got to talk on these levels that these guys get. So the attacked and defeated. So I said, how? Well, they can get from behind. They can't see it coming. Right. And so I said, so it's a two-hander across the back. And all the defensemen, all the defensemen say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they, they think this is really cool. So I'm doing the scripture with them. I, I said, so a guy standing by himself. But what does it say? What else does it say in the scripture? Two what? Back to back or what? So I grabbed another guy. And so what happens? I come here. Or if I come over here and I'm here, what's happening? They're... they're they're helping each other. Do you think this is getting through to these young guys? And what's it say? A third one is even what? Why? Because now how do I, if I go here, or if I try to get in here, at the goaltender, I try to get in here. <laughs> and, 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 and do you think these guys are getting this? 
See, what the other thing I'm trying to teach them is about team, being a team, working together as a team, how important it is, each of them. I said, so these are two defensemen. This is the goaltender. Does he appreciate these two guys out front? Absolutely. I said, these can be the centermen and the two wingers working together. Because how many guys are on the ice? How many guys are on the ice? If you said five, you're wrong. No, I'm not talking referees. One one team. Two teams, 12, so six per side, right? And when I said that, six guys on the ice, one of the goaltenders hollered, yeah, finally somebody remembers us. Because they always think of the six, the five, but there's one guy doing his job who's important. So now you guys can go side by side here. It also talks about, the scripture also says what? It's even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So see if you can break that. How about you? How old are there? <laughs> that was not... Okay, so it can't be broken. So now listen, this is what I did. I cut enough for each one of the guys, and I handed them each one. And I said, this is you. This individual cord is you. The strands in this are the qualities and the characteristics of who make you who you are. Love and compassion and the strength that each one of you has. I said, now, there is cords out there that you can buy. I couldn't find one, but there, there is one that you can buy that actually has one red strand that goes through the cord. And you can buy them. And I said, that red is the blood of Jesus Christ. And when you get Jesus into your life, he makes you even stronger. Because that one cord that they put in there is the strength that each one of us has to have. So as I handed them one, and they did the thing, they tried to pull it apart. Then I grabbed this one, and I put this one together. And I said, how many of you think are in this one? How many do you think? No, not three. Six, exactly. I said, this represents one line out on the ice all the time. Six people. So now, is this... Jordan, take that. (laughs) Is this thicker than the one? Is it stronger? Why? Because they're all interwoven together. I said, when you six are on the ice, you got to think of yourselves that way, that you are strong together. Each of you bringing your abilities together, making it strong. Then I put this one together. How many of you think are in this one, folks? No, more than that. The whole team, 24 guys on on the ice dogs. This is the entire team. So if you hold that one 
and you wind it together, this is no longer a string, is it? What would you call this? You call it a rope. Is it strong? Absolutely. Can it be broken? No. Because that's what that scripture says in Ecclesiastes. So I said, guys, this is you guys this year. You can't be broken. Work together, work hard, be in unity. You will not be broken. So I tossed it to the captain. I said, that's yours. You know what he did? He took it. He took it into their dressing room, and he hung it on the ceiling. As a constant reminder, we work together. We're a team. Thanks, guys. Okay? So that's my chapel. And then I would close in prayer. Fifteen minutes, really quick. That's how we do the chapels with the team. And uh, so that is our focus. I'll just go back here. Oh, you, you put it back? Great. Thanks, man. Uh, four areas of focus that Hockey Ministries International does. We do hockey chapels, as I've just said. And uh, we are, uh, right now, they're in, around the world, there are over 300 teams uh, across 42 leagues in, in North America, Europe, and uh, that, that have chaplaincy programs. And, uh, it, you know, it's not, sometimes it's not the entire team. Sometimes it's two, three, four guys, whatever. A lot of times they go to International House of Pancakes and uh, have chapel together. Uh, in the hockey world, it's called the International House of Prayer because they get together just to pray for each other. The other thing that uh, we offer is cha- uh, camps. Each summer, we host approximately 2,000 youth come to our Christian hockey camps and uh, we get world-class instructions to, to help not only work on their skills, but they do daily chapels, living the values of Christianity. And uh, so I am, be in prayer for me because I would really like to see Dryden have a camp. And uh, so that's something I want to work with HMI to see us get a camp. Um, we do special events. And if, how many of you know what happened in the NHL this weekend? All-Star weekend, right? And yesterday morning, from 7 to 9 o'clock in St. Louis, HMI had their um, All-Star breakfast. And they had uh, players like uh, uh, Shane Doan and uh, uh, who else was there? Dave Backus um, spoke, Chico Resch, different ones. But anyways, they, we do conferences and tournaments. We speak, we do banquets, and just share Jesus Christ with people. So yesterday, the NHL one uh, was live-streamed on um, Facebook. And so I watched that breakfast and, and what was going on. The other area that we have is resources. And um, I don't have very many of these Uh so I, I just brought some as some samples. Uh, one of the things I gave at Christmas time to each one of our players was it's called Breakaway. This is a New Testament, and within it is uh, some personal stories of faith by Dave Backus, Jay Beagle, uh, just different Mike Fisher, different hockey players. So I gave each one of them a gift for Christmas, 
was a New Testament. Um, some of the guys I've met with, have coffee with them. Um, one of the young guys is uh, just came to me and he said over coffee, he says, you know, I, I went to church when I was a kid. Um, parents took me. I've kind of drifted a little ways. I want to get back to Jesus. So um, I gave him uh, some self study by self studies that he can work through, and we get together and we chat with them. And listen, these are young guys that are struggling. In you know, peer. How many? How, any of you guys ever deal with peer pressure? Okay, these are young guys dealing with peer pressure, and uh, they're they're dealing with the, the you got to win, you got to win, you got to win, and so sometimes some of them they're 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 broken. Some of these young guys are broken because they've been cut by many different teams because they haven't been good enough. And then they show up here, and this is their lot. And so they're, they're afraid. They're afraid to make mistakes. They're, they're, they're hurting inside. And it's a, just a great opportunity to just talk with them and share with them and, and minister to them. So uh, those are just some of the resources. So um, if you'd like to support this, uh, maybe you know it costs a little bit of money to put all of this material together. If you'd like to support that, come and talk with me afterwards, and uh, we'll figure out ways in which you can help support in getting some of this material to these young guys. Um, So that in a a nutshell, I want to end with this. Um, Just before we go to uh, talking about the food bank. Um, And this goes kind of like, along with the word that was shared this morning through uh, the prophetic word that was spoken. There is a rule in hockey that if a goaltender goes out of, uh, commits a foul and, and he's get, he gets called by the referee with the foul um, for a two-minute penalty, there's what's called a, the, the grace rule in hockey. You know what that means? That goaltender doesn't have to go serve his penalty. The coach chooses somebody from the bench to go serve the penalty on behalf of that player. And to me, and I, and I tell the guys this, actually, I'm telling you this right now because this is this week's Bible study to them. Jesus Christ chose somebody to come and serve your penalty. Who was it? Yeah. God sent his only son. God, the coach, sent his son off the bench and said, go serve the penalty on behalf of that goalie. And here's the other illustration that I want to use this week with the guys. Every 20 minutes, there's a machine that comes out on the ice and does what? Resurfaces it, right? Takes all the snot and all of the spit and all of the, all, all that stuff, all the, you know, brokenness and that off the ice, and it, it floods it and it covers in all the cracks and creates a new piece of ice for them to skate on. And I said, that's, I'm going to tell them, that's what grace 
of Jesus Christ is all about. Where he came, he, God so loved the world that he sent his son that whoever believes in him shall not have to walk around with cracks and crap and stuff on their life that can be made clean in Jesus Christ. Now, here's the grace that you need to hear, Christians, today. Every 20 minutes, he comes along and continues to clean us. Hello? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I fail. Even as a Christian, I stumble. And he comes along, and he cleans, and he makes me clean. So that's a little bit about Hockey Ministries International, and and that's kind of an area that the Lord has opened up for me to be involved in, and I'm really enjoying it, Um, just being able to connect. Um, The team also had me just the other night. We, at the game, uh, there was a member of our community passed away, and I think you did uh, the funeral. But uh, during the game, they wanted um, to acknowledge this individual at the game. And so I contacted Mike and I said, Mike, any way I can help? He says, oh, please. And he threw everything to me. And so I just did a, just a prayer and a scripture reading before the game started um, with the entire congreg- you know, congregation. <laughs> See, there it goes. That's my congregation that God's taken me to. So those are the opportunities that he's given to me. So you can just keep me in prayer. And uh, I really appreciate the opportunity that, that uh, God has opened up for me. Let's talk about the food bank. Um, I want to thank this church for standing with the food bank, your, your partnership with us by supporting us uh, financially. Each month is so appreciated. At the end of 2019, this church uh, gave to us over the year over four thousand dollars in support and uh, I so thank you for that on behalf of the board thank you for your generosity um, but you give in so many other ways and I just here today just to say thank you for supporting the work in the ministry that the food bank does in this community uh, just before I go into some stats um, there's a lot of uh, I, I get a lot of uh, people with a lot of different opinions about the, the food bank, and, and they're not afraid to tell me how they feel about the food bank, um, and that's fine. Um, I I just love them anyways, and just God bless you. God bless you for sharing that. Um, <clears throat> three stories I want to tell you that's happened in my tenure that's been there. Last summer, I had a gentleman come in needing some help. And they came, he came through uh, a number of the summer months. And then one day he showed, and, and then one day he didn't show up anymore. And he hadn't, been, he hadn't been at the food bank for probably a month and a half, almost two months. And this fall, he walked in one day, and I thought he was coming back in to register again for a hamper that morning. And he asked, can I see you? And so I said, sure. So I went to my office, and he opened up his, his wallet, and he, he handed me $200 in cash, and he said, I want to give this to the food bank. 
I said, oh. He said, yeah. He says, I got a job back. And um, I always said in my heart, I pay it forward. And he said, it's my turn now to help uh, pay it forward to someone else. And part of the... Our, I just go back to this, this slide. Part of the, the thing that we did this year is we, we, we wanted to put two words, that, two phrases that really speak to what we want to do, and that's relieving hunger. And during a period of time, that's what happened with this individual. He needed some hunger to be relieved. Things were tight. He had no job. But we also want to renew hope. And just by giving a meal, we hope that hope is renewed in someone's life. And so when he walked in and he said, here, I want to pay it forward, I just thought immediately that hope has been renewed into this person's life. We accomplished what we wanted to do. And I give thanks. I kind of did a little jig inside, and I rejoiced with him. Just the other day, I had another individual come in, to get, and he said, he said to me uh, while he was picking up his hamper, he said, I want you to know this will be my last time I pick up my hamper here. And, uh, you know, we and, and Lorraine will know this because she works and volunteers. We often, when they're leaving, we, we always say, well, we'll see you next week. Well, we'll see you <laughs> next week. And I've been challenged by that a little bit to say, you know, it's okay for us to say, good to see you. But sometimes renewing hope isn't necessary. Well, we'll see you next week. Hello? It's more of, it's good to see you. God bless you. Have a great week. So anyways, as he was picking up his stuff, he just said to me, this will be my last time I get it. Uh, I got a job, and I'm going to be taken off for this job. And um, I said, oh, great. Now, you know, he's got a, a little bit larger family. I said, well, what about, what about the kids and whatnot? He says, well... Kids are going to go live with grandma. I'm going to be sending money back to her so that she can take. So you don't have to worry about the kids. They're, they're okay too. Well, I rejoiced. I, that's great news. Hope was renewed in this person's life. And we were thankful for that. And there was another gal came up to me and she said, uh, you won't be seeing me for a while. I said, Okay. And she, I, she said, I, I'm, I'm going to be going to treatment. Oh, great. You know, we rejoice. Treatment. That's great. Yeah, you know, and, and she was all. And so for two weeks, or no, for about a week, we hadn't seen her. And then she showed up again. And so as she came in, I just quietly went over. I said, um, what happened? Oh, I just, it wasn't, you know, and, you know, she had felt it wasn't for her, and she'd kind of fallen off and came back and uh, all kinds of excuses. But you know what? I said, well, it's good to have you back. We're just going to love on you. And see, there is a thing that at one I thought hope was renewed, and then someday it was dashed. But you know what? The love of Jesus says we just still keep loving on them. We keep loving on them no matter what. We just love on them. Because I've been thinking about this. You may not attend the food bank, but how many of you constantly need the love of Jesus because you fail at times? Come on. Self-righteous, pious people. You know? Not me. Well, I, I, 
here, there, there's my foot up too because I, I fail all the time. And yet he constantly is there with open arms to, for me, to love me no matter what. So um, those are just some three stories and different things. And some, some are there every week. And, you know, it is, we could say to them, well, we'll see you next week, you know. But there's others, they'll come and go. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's 21 days or sometimes I had one person come in. It, it had been 1,300 and some days since the last time they were in. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's all over the board. It's just so cool to work in it, um, of just helping people where they're at. In 2019, uh, we gave out uh, uh, 342 hampers over a month, uh, on average, in a month. Uh, We have 267 registered households uh, made up of 592 people in this area that access the food bank over the year. 37% of our clientele are children that are uh, 18 and, and under. And uh, the Canadian average is 35. So folks, where are we? We're above it. So we're above the average um, when it comes to kids. Um, the pounds of food that were given out in hampers this last year, we gave out 115,000 pounds of food. Um, and from April to December, uh, that was when I started. I started to track more of, of donations of food. Uh, we, ra- we had over 34,000 pounds of food donated. Um, now, you may say, well, what's the purpose? I actually had, had one of our board members recently say, what's the pur- why do we have to keep track of all these numbers of pounds of food, blah, blah, blah? And uh, I just simply said, well, a couple of reasons. Number one, because we're connected with Food Banks Canada, every year we have to hand in to Food Banks Canada, some some records, and one of the records they want is how much, how many pounds of food was donated to your food bank in this past year. And I, I'm I'm a spiritual man, but I don't think that I could just pull some number randomly out of the air to say, well, I think we did six hundred and fifty thousand pounds of food. Praise God, you know that would be wrong. So we want to keep track of how much comes in. The other thing is that when I go and um, make application for grants um, for various agencies, especially government agencies, they want to, one of the questions that's on the grant is how many pounds of food are donated to your food bank um, from your community. And so I, can, I have to give those numbers. So that's the reason we keep track of, of those. Plus, the federal government, uh, every year, um, Food Banks Canada releases... Uh, hunger count, and the hunger count, they accumulate all the pounds of food collected across Canada. They put this into the report, and the federal government takes that number to be able to calculate what they're going to give accordingly in grants, etc. So that's the reason why we have to keep track of numbers. Hope that answers questions that might be out there. We have uh, our volunteers. They contribute uh, an awful lot in times of, of hours of of uh, volunteering, if we were to pay uh, somebody, that would be we we need an extra fifty thousand dollars just to pay for volunteer work. Um, so we're just very, 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 very thankful for our volunteers and all the work that they do. 
Uh, we reworked our website. If you're into the websites, social media, uh, Facebook and, and that, um, we, we love sharing our stories. Um, and so anytime I put something on Facebook, it gets automatically put onto our, our website. And it just helps to communicate what's happening, what our needs are, what we rejoice in. For example, how many read this week that Dom Tar walked up and said, here's $10,000 towards your van. We rejoice with that. So we put that on our Facebook page because we thought, well, we would do that, Pastor Nick, because somebody would want to know. Um, uh, a few months ago, the Rotary gave us a $10,000 check towards the food bank van. So we just let the community know how community partners with us. Dave, if you want to run that video, our video was put together by Dryden GM, and uh, this kind of talks about what we do. Years ago when food banks opened up, they were content and happy to give mac and cheese and wieners and say, there you go, we're going to feed people. But that is really, in essence, not quality food. You wind that? The reason we have been in partnership with the food bank I don't want you to so just think years. that we're giving mac and cheese. It, it, it. Years ago when food banks opened up, they were content and happy to give mac and cheese and wieners and say, there you go, we're going to feed people. But that is really, in essence, not quality food. The reason we have been in partnership with the food bank for so many years is because there is a real need and uh, we want to help those people in their time of need. Going back to the 90s, Dryden GM was uh, generous enough under the previous owner to give the Dryden Food Bank a van to use. And then when my family came up in 2000, we continued that relationship and provided them with vans over the years. The Bayak family just continued to do all the maintenance work on our vans for us. But of course, those vans aged out and they were so great in finding us vans at good price. And it's just been a great relationship. We presently have a van, it's just a, a regular passenger van. The problem with that is that the policies that stores have put into place require a controlled environment for the safe handling of specific types of food and to make sure that it leaves their store and goes to the food banks in a very uh, controlled environment. Given our relationship with the Dryden Food Bank um, and the fact that we have a Ford dealership in Fort Francis, the Ford Transit van was a perfect fit for their needs. We actually approached uh, all of the dealerships here in the community. They were all very, very close in, in numbers. And uh, because of the 20 years that we have had in connection with the Bayak family, uh, we just felt that we wanted to continue on with that partnership. And so that was one of the major reasons why we chose to go uh, with Nick Bayak. Great. <laughs> it does. It really does. Oh, isn't it just cool? Oh, that is so cool. <laughs> <laughs>
That is awesome. Look at this. Look at the capacity. So what inspired us to help the food bank with the acquisition of this van was just when they have a need for a vehicle, the need is immediate. The funds and access to those funds wasn't immediate. They, it would take time to fundraise. So in the spirit of helping as many people as quickly as possible, uh, we as Dryden GM, Sunset Country Ford and Fort Francis GM wanted to absorb that cost to get that vehicle mobile and helping people as quickly as possible and if it takes you know, whatever period of time to raise that money we will carry the cost of that van so that the people can be helped before the money is raised. Shows the heart of Nick and his family and, and the whole crew over at Riding GM of how they really really care for the community. It makes a person very proud of community partners like that. We are able to support the food bank because of our valued customers and our employees that work hard every day. So we're very grateful for that and it genuinely helps human beings, individuals in difficult circumstances and as employees and as a staff we're very proud of that. So um, that is really in a nutshell why we needed to get this van. And we have already seen the benefits of this van. We are seeing more dairy product, more uh, frozen meat, uh, more frozen food, vegetables. And it's... I've always believed... Jesus always said... Well, I don't know if it's in the scripture, but it's, it's this. Be careful what you ask for. Because... We asked for this, and now we're seeing an influx in this, which has created another issue that is probably going to take five years to, to figure out. The board has asked me to put a five-year plan together because we're running out of space. We're getting more, more food. Uh, we're running out of freezer space. We're running out of, of cooler space. And so, we, so that's the next thing that we're going to have to be addressing. So be careful what you ask for. Um, but we asked for a van. Van came. We're very, very thankful for this van. Uh, uh, Dave Peters has been involved in driving it and filling it and helping us out. And so our goal, um, okay, our goal was to raise seventy thousand uh, dollars for this. And so far, as of just this week, uh, we have had thirty-two thousand. $317.14. You have 14 cents. Well, that's because somebody gave, like, we, we have the capability for you to give online, on online giving uh, through our website. And so some people have been doing that, and there's the calculation that, that uh, has to happen. And so, uh, but anyways, we got 14 cents. So anyways, um, we're very thankful. And that entire money that we raise immediately goes to Nick to help pay it off. So we've already paid off. 32,000 of the 70. So the need is uh, $37,882.86 for that. So that's our goal. And uh, thank you for praying and what you're going to do today. Just thank you so much. Uh, We really appreciate it. As I close, I just want to thank this church in supporting, again, uh, through the campaign, through not only just a campaign, but uh, monthly and basis, 
But I also want to thank some individuals um, who are volunteers that come and volunteer. Uh, Brian Smith comes. He's one of our drivers. Brian, you've, you've rode in that van and, and uh, have been able to, to work in that. Dave has come through the, the winter here. He's going to be leaving us to go back to work. I said to him, well, can't your work just let you come and, and just work for a little bit in the morning, and then you can go? And he's, well, I'll have to talk to my wife about that. And anyways, but, so if you need me to talk to her, I'll talk to her too. Um, Mike Huckabee is one of our drivers. Okay, he rides with me on Thursdays when I drive and helps, and uh, he's not a driver yet. We're still working on that one. Um, uh, Lorraine, uh, she is a volunteer that comes a couple of days a week uh, and and helps out. So appreciate her and her helping. Uh, Lana Lang, uh, she's an on-call receptionist that when we run out of them, I give her a call. If she's available, she come. And uh, uh, great to have her on the team. Lorraine Lang, she um, brings in a student on Wednesdays and helps uh, with the student. And, and she just gets in, she rolls up her sleeves and gets involved in helping any way she can. So, And then there's others I know over the years have volunteered. And uh, thank you. Uh, I say this to this church. You, you take it beyond just sometimes the financial, but you give of your time and your effort and your energy also. We, we so, so appreciate it. If you want to uh, give uh, online, you can go online and give online. Uh, just look up our website, drydenfoodbank.org, and uh, you can go through there and give towards the van. Um, there's some envelopes at the back. Uh, if you want to take an envelope and give later on, you can do that. And uh, if you're not prepared today. So, again, thanks for this opportunity uh, to share about what's happening in my life and at the food bank. And so, um, don't be afraid not. Know that he is strengthening you. And you're part of the team. I like to think of this as the church, too. Okay? That you're part of a, a, of a team uh, that, that you can pull on and work together with helping you. So bless you, Pastor Nick. Thanks, Pastor Al. Let's give Al a hand. Thank you so much for sharing this morning, Al. We're gonna we we are gonna receive an offering. If you have if you're prepared to give, you're welcome to participate in that. So if you guys want to come up and Steve and the band, if you guys want to come up and just lead us in a song while we take up this offering, that would be great. And once we're done the offering, why don't you stand up with me? Uh, once we're done our song, we will. Uh, I'll dismiss you with the benediction. But Steve, why don't you lead us? Folks, thanks so much for giving. Why don't we stand together?